Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. We're so excited to jump into today's episode, but before we do, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the 4040 Vision podcast. I am your host, Khaled Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my fellow co-host, Osama Dahoud. What's up, man? How's it going? Back again for more pain and suffering. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this is part two of the most tortured fan bases in the NFL. I hope you guys listen to part one. So as we said in part one, we're not just ranking these teams in order of most tortured to least tortured. We are putting them in some fun categories that we came up with as part of the podcast. So last time we covered 11 NFL teams in two categories. The first was nothing but torture, which I think is self-explanatory, and light at the end of the tunnel, which I also hope is self-explanatory. So we covered 11 teams, as I said, so we'll be covering the rest of the NFL in three more categories today. So... The first category that we're covering today is remember the good old days. So things have been bad for these teams for a very, very long time, obviously with some blips of success here and there. But fans of the these NFL teams have the, the prestige of the franchise, the history of the franchises to make themselves a little bit to feel a little bit better. And we can always watch ESPN Classic or NFL Films when we want to feel better about our shitty teams. And I say we, because my team is in this category. So we'll start with, uh, yeah, who's the first team you got here, Usama? Yeah, so this category, this episode at South Park that reminds me of this category. Do you remember the member berries episode? Do you, are you familiar with that? <laughs> I think you saw in my in my notes for the episode, hey, remember, remember the 80s? Remember Ken Stabler? Remember Jim Plunkett or whatever? Yeah. So yes, yes. You remember the fugitive? Yeah, I remember. You remember? <laughs> so we're we're gorging on some member berries in this category for sure. Just trafficking nostalgia, yeah. So uh, first up, the Washington Commanders, the Commies, the football team, the the racial slurs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I think for them, it's like you remember Joe Gibbs. You remember Joe Theismann? Um, I mean, there's not much else to, to sing about. That was pretty much it for them. They've had these little pockets, but uh, not much else has gone on. The franchise has gone through name changes, a clinically disagreeable owner, arguably the worst owner in sports if Donald Sterling never existed. Um, there's a new owner in town. So, I mean, we'll see how things shake up. But this is one of those teams where they had some glory days um, and the only place they can go to feel better is NFL Network. This team, so I, I didn't realize how deep the misery ran until I did the podcast a few was a month ago back, month month or so back, uh, with a you know Washington super fan, uh, Doug McRae. So the Big Douglas Show. Make sure you checked out that podcast. Make sure you check out his work if you're interested in the DMV metro area sports. And I, I didn't realize how deep the misery ran. Uh, for some reason, in my mind, I thought that they had, you know, been in the mix. They've won a few playoff games in the Dan Snyder era. It turns out they have no playoff victories under Dan Snyder. They are most <laughs> known for the cheerleader sexual harassment scandals, the uh, office mal, you know, misconduct. Uh, scandals, the 
scandals with, I mean, he, he kind of de- debunked the Trent Williams cancer thing and Alex Smith, like the flesh eating bacteria that was eating away at his leg. He said it wasn't really the team's <laughs> fault, but he really pulled back the curtain on a lot of the, the awful things that were happening behind the scenes with, with Robert Griffin and his dad taking over and just how poorly run the organization was. And I think the saddest thing that he told me was that Dan Snyder grew up a a Washington fan. So he said, just imagine being a super fan of a team. You get to live out your childhood dream of purchasing your, your boyhood club or your favorite team and running it into the ground and ruining anything (laughs) positive about it and getting booed by the people that you used to sit next to and cheer for this team with. So the misery, yeah, was, was so deep and I I completely underestimated that. Yeah. It's, it's a team that uh, has been incredibly dysfunctional and I mean, there was Think when things are bad, there you, you consider it sewage. There was literal sewage coming out of the gutters into the stadium in that place. It's just the perfect symbol for his his ownership tenure. Just yeah, a team with a outdated name with an outdated stadium. Now they have a new ownership group. They have the same guy that owns the Sixers and the New Jersey Devils, who both have been you know playoff caliber teams during his tenure. I mean, do you see th- him him turning things around at some point? You would hope so. I mean, you, uh, one recent example to use of an owner being a fan of uh, a team is Matt Ishbia, who bought the Suns. His favorite player was Isaiah Thomas, and he's been like his close counsel, and that's been such him like fanboying out and going all out. So, uh, if this guy has the same ambition or some or a ball, and it's a billionaire, the billionaire is willing to spend. Even someone is. Droning as Stan Kroenke has found ways to spend money. I'm sure this guy will. Yeah, and they have a lot of things going for them. They have their prestigious franchise. They're in a insanely you know big media markets, the nation's capital. For God's sake, so they got a lot of things going for them for sure. All right, next up here uh, under Mambe is the Chicago Bears. So the Chicago Bears. Definitely had, they have a lot of nostalgia. Like they had their days with Walter Payton. They'll always have the, the legendary 85 Bears, a top, I don't know, five defense in NFL history. But since then, and I'm of the belief that this is by, by this is their intention by design. They've been tortured by a consistent inability to draft an actual elite quarterback, someone who's good at the quarterback position. It's almost like they they go out of their way to do it. You know, around here, we thrive on good defense and bad quarterback play. You you look at it, they had like Rex Grossman and Kyle Orton and uh, uh, what's his name? The the guy who smokes cigarettes. uh, Jay Cutler, smoking Jay. Jay Cutler, yeah. (laughs) It's just I've been like terrible at this for many, many years. I don't even remember who played at quarterback for them in the 90s, but it's just been a bunch of shopping carts with sticks in them. And what one Bears fan told me uh, that, you know, you just get nothing good and you expect nothing good. That's what it's like to be a Bears fan. I married into a Bears family, so I am (laughs) very, very familiar with this misery. And let me ask you a question. Can you name any quarterback in Bears history that has thrown for over 4,000 yards in a season? You can guess. Just take a guess. 
Jay Cutler. No. Jake Plummer. Did he even play for the Bears? <laughs> I want to say yeah. no. He played for the Cardinals the Broncos and the Broncos. Or something. So yeah, no, no one, no nobody's ever thrown for four thousand yards. <laughs> no quarterback in Chicago Bears history has thrown for over four thousand yards. Every other team in the NFL has had at least one four thousand yard passer, except for the Chicago Bears. I'm talking the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets. The, I don't know, name any other quarterback-starved franchise, and they have had at least one 4,000-yard passer. There was one season where Cutler got close, but he only played 15 of the 16 game. Anyway, it's a pit of misery at the quarterback position. Maybe it's the wind. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe they need a dome more than the the uh, Bills or the Packers do. But... It's it's really it's remarkable almost that they've been able to have some of the most iconic defensive players in NFL history, but I don't I think other than Walter Payton, I don't think they've had a single offensive player that you would say is an all timer. They've had some good players, you know, Alshon Jeffrey was there, Matt Forte was there. Uh, I don't I don't even I couldn't name the receivers. Brandon Marshall, yeah, yeah, Brandon Marshall. Jay Cutler, I mean, he was decent. I don't think I can name the receivers on the 85 Bears team. Uh, I think Dick, Buck, Dick Buck has played tight end, but this was like like a thousand years ago, so I don't think that counts. But yeah, I it's <laughs> it's really, especially like when you contrast them with the Vikings that are like you know all offense all the time, or the Packers that had you know 40 years of of elite quarterback play, and even the Lions. I mean, the Lions have had some iconic offensive players. But yeah, the Bears, they're just, it's just different. I don't know what it is. It's like we've built this amazing defense and you're not going to be able to score on us. But touche, we're not going to be able to score on you either. All I right. mean, that's, that Super Bowl run was remarkable. The fact that they made it with Rex Grossman, I think you could have had anybody. You could, I, you could have played quarterback for them and they probably would have made at least like the wild card round, considering how, how opportunistic that defense was. So Justin Fields, I mean, I know this is more about history than anything, but Justin Fields, do you think he's the guy to uh, to turn this around? I don't know yet. Uh, he's shown flashes. We Obviously, he is incredibly difficult to, to catch. He's very quick. He's very athletic. He can sling the pill. I love saying that, but I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure yet. It's still, it's still early. Yeah. He looks more promising than some of the other statues they've had back there. For sure. So we'll see how the season goes, and maybe they move up to the next category. But, yeah. All right. I love talking about the Bears' lack of not having a quarterback. It's really – it's just <laughs> it's mind-boggling. Anyway, all right. Remember the Dallas Cowboys? Remember? So the Cowboys uh, – this team is the president of this club, to be honest. We probably should have led with them, given their coverage, their overrated label is – being America's team, they do have a rich history. They had the Tom Landry years with Roger Staubach, 70s through the 80s, and they had a great run in the 90s when Jimmy Johnson was there. But really since then, it's been pretty disappointing for a while. I, I think a lot of Cowboys haters say, hey, the last time you had a good season, you have to watch it on VHS uh, or something like that, to that effect. It, it's, it's a prestige franchise that's not – Definitely not a lie. It, it's a it's a hell of an organization, but it, the fact of the matter is, the glory days are well in the past. 
every year, I mean, the 90s, those weed and boys, the how about them Cowboys teams get further and further and further away. And it's it's ancient history at this point. I mean, they still have their five Super Bowls, which I'm sure helps them sleep at night. They go, you know, go on NFL films. And they really are one of the prestige franchises. But I think the the lack of success in this decade or this millennium is is really, really it's it's an interesting case study in Jerry Jones and, and ownership taking too big of a role in you know team building. Because when he was successful, I, it was Jimmy Johnson that was building the teams, right? And I think he wanted to hand the keys to Bill Parcells. I don't think he was around long enough. Uh, and they've just had some of the like most crushing playoff losses in in this era of the NFL. You know, Tony Romo dropping the snap and the Des Cotic game. So there's a lot of pain and torture and suffering. But I don't think anybody will ever feel sorry for Cowboys fans. I think no matter what happens, even this, even with the memes, with with Dak, the last two years have been amazing for content and for memes. With Dak Prescott running, you know, running, uh, scrambling when it was you know 14 seconds left and running out of time, and then the weird final play against the Niners last year with Zeke Elliott playing center. So they've been a goldmine of content, but I think the jokes are just too good. I don't think anybody's ever going to feel sorry for these guys. No, no one's going to feel sorry for them. Um, I think it's there's just a thing as a as a society we don't love to see things propped up, and we don't love to see a collective group of people happy or too many people happy all at the same time. It's just there's a lack of it, there's a bit of unity around that and a lack of unity around that at the same time. And the Cowboys uh, will forever own that until they find glory again, whenever the hell that is. I think it's the smug attitude the America's team nonsense that you guys haven't been America's team since the 1970s, but they're still sticking with that. So yeah, it's the uh, Cowboys exceptionalism. I think that's keeping people from feeling any type of sympathy for them. Pretty sure the Patriots should be America's team, but that's neither here nor there. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, this one, I think you have a lot of familiarity with the Oakland Las Vegas Raiders. You know what it is about the Raiders? Like you talk to people outside of the Bay Area and the Raiders have like this cool brand, the silver and black. You know, they they were the uh, inventors of the hard hitting, the Jack Tatum years. I feel like everyone wants the Raiders to be good fans, players, obviously people that work for the Raiders, executives wants them to be good. They just haven't been very good. They had their Glorious, John Madden, the 70s. And, you know, until they figure it out, I think it'd be better for you to close your eyes instead. Like, remember the 70s? Remember the 80s? You remember? I could do a whole podcast on this. I will spare <laughs> I will spare our listeners from me, you know, going on a 20-minute rant about the Raiders it's it's patronizing when you say they everybody wants the Raiders to be good because it's like the Knicks, right? People would always say the Knicks have been awful for 50 years, whatever. Every time they were decent, they were like an eight seed. Be like, you know what? The NBA is better when the Knicks are good. And people say the same thing about the Raiders. And it's almost like a, you guys are so awful. We just we want to see some success from you. And it's the most patronizing thing. It's like there's like you know a pat us on the head. Hey, good job for making the wild card round. Hey, good job for finishing 
you know, above 500, even 500 for once, you know, in the past 20 years. <laughs> so it's, I mean, being a Raiders fan, it is a lot like being a Cowboys fan. I mean, the glory days were a long time ago. The last Super Bowl was 1983. Uh, I mean, the last Super Bowl appearance was in the early 2000s, but it's been a very, very long time. It's not even VHS at that point. It's, I don't even know what, what, <laughs> what the medium was Be- back then. Betamax. Yeah, Betamax to watch the Super Bowl highlights. I mean, I'm guilty of this for sure, of watching, you know, the Al Davis, the football life or um, America's game about the, the the Super Bowl teams in the 70s and 80s and watching, you know, John Madden, the John Madden team and the AFL teams. And I think it's just, it's, it, it's really sad because just like the Cowboys, the Raiders are one of the prestige franchises in the, in the league. They've had some of the most iconic players in the league's history. They have some of the most iconic jerseys that will never, ever change, I hope. And they were just victims of poor ownership after Al Davis, you know, started to realize, hey, I'm probably going to die soon, so I want to win another Super Bowl. So he started making a lot of bad decisions and just, you know, he operated like it was still the 80s, like it was still the 70s with his philosophy and his approach to team building so I'm hoping now that we're in Vegas, maybe the eventually the stench of losing wit washes off with, I don't know, a new coach, new quarterback, whatever it might be. But it, it's been a very, very rough past 20 years of my life as a Raiders fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. You said that all very, very cool and casual, but miserable the last 20 years of my life is a hell of a dismount. Yeah, I mean, there's been some blips, right? But it's it's they've been very few and far in between, and it's like the scale of what makes me happy as a fan. Like I still remember going eight and eight with Tom Cable and Jason Campbell, and be like, "Yeah, that was awesome." <laughs> we went, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> we went six and zero in our division. We missed the playoffs with I think Carson Palmer. I, I can't even remember who the quarterback was, but yeah, that was awesome. Remember that year. Uh, Derek Carr took us to the playoffs and then we lost to the Bengals on the last play of the game. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> like just the, it, it doesn't take much for Raiders fans to be happy. Uh, so just give us, give us a little bit, give us something, something to work with here. How, how much did Raider fans hate Carson Palmer for nearly taking the Cardinals to the Super Bowl like two years after he left? It's, I mean, that's been a, a pattern, right? Of guys coming to Oakland and playing awful like you know mailing it in just like randy moss he came he half-assed it for a year or two left to new england and became part of like the best offense in nfl history you got carson palmer doing the same thing you got uh warren Sapp, all kinds of guys d'angelo hall like just the the list of players that would come and i think it's the raiders and the and the commies i think are the two biggest examples in the nfl of like you just can't outrun bad ownership you can try but no matter what, like if it sinks down into like your identity, into your core, you can't outrun that no matter what happens. And yeah, you're just basically stuck watching highlights from the 80s and the 70s and, you know, Derek Carr compilation, like touchdown compilations to make me feel better about the 32nd ranked defense we've had for the past 15 years. So, <laughs> Speaking of watching a lot of highlights, our next team on this list is the Indianapolis Colts. And... uh Woof, this has been bad. I mean, they had Johnny Unitas uh, 100 million years ago. 
And that was, you know, that's considered to be one of the first all-time greats of, of football. Peyton Manning excellence for quite some time. They hit on that. They broke Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck decided, you know what? I'll be better off not playing football ever again. <laughs> he kept having these like lacerations in his intestines. He's like, I'd just rather not play football for the Colts anymore. It's beautiful, beautiful human being. That's my Andrew Luck. Um, so they haven't been the same since. Remember Peyton Manning? I don't think they do, unfortunately. That, that's one of the, the – to add insult to injury is – I think he's more associated with the Broncos now. He lives in Denver. Like he's showing up at, uh, at Nuggets games during the finals. He's very much a Denver guy, and I think that that really adds to the the insult or sorry to the injury of, of him leaving, going on and having. I mean, they thought he was done. I'm sure they thought he was done with his neck, and he had what two or three great seasons in Denver before he was basically like worthless again <laughs> um, i mean they thought he was done and he went to the super bowl twice and he won an mvp i mean <laughs> they were so wrong about that yeah yeah that's very true i mean they and they kind of fell ass backwards into andrew luck and like you said they broke him this is probably i know the haslam's in Cleveland might, might give him a run for his money but i really think jim mercy is is now after dan snyder's gone the worst owner in the NFL. I, I can't think of another team or another ownership group that's, that's as like as reckless as he is. As I don't even uh, you know they just they have a generational quarterback. And it's funny that these two teams, Washington and and the Colts, they both had these potential generational type quarterbacks that went back to back in that draft. And Luck and and Bob Griffin and both of them were broken essentially. I mean, it just happened a lot earlier with RG3 than it did with Luck, but the, it's it's almost Lions-like in their ability to break a player down and make him retire. What, he retired after eight years? Something like that? And he definitely could have played another 10, I mean, given how the quarterback position is, but it's, it's a new level of misery, I think. Completely agreed. I'm going to do some more Andrew Luck, limited fake Andrew Luck here. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Happy June. My favorite book, Clifford the Big Red Dog. My favorite teammate, Jack Doyle. Anyway, uh, that's all I had. Just a, a vomiting of words. So next up here, this one's a little bit, this is kind of borderline. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. And it's mainly because they had a really rich history at the beginning. But it's a lot of it's just been fortunate to inherit two quarterback eras back to back. But to be honest with you, it's a, it was a bunch of losing for the most part. It's getting really close and then getting your heart snatched every time. As many, t I'm sure there's a lot of fan bases that would love to have that. But if you're the Packers, your expectations have been sitting really high every year. The quarterback's a... MVP caliber player, whether it's Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers, and they just keep coming up short. They had the the early the the beginning, right? The the trophy is named after their coach Vince Lombardi, right? Uh, they had Bart Starr and a very like they kind of are part of the NFL story. But since then, just tortures of every they've tortured their division. If you're a Bears fan, Vikings fan, Lions fan, you absolutely hate the Green Bay Packers with all of your being. And they're going to suck now. 
They've traded wins with the 49ers in the playoffs over the last 30 years or so, but they keep failing to meet expectations. We've talked about their stupid cold stadium uh, that they keep falling short in. So, yeah, Green Bay Packers, I don't know. Will they remember Aaron Rodgers? I think it, it's I, – I have faith, maybe not in Jordan Love, but I have faith in them finding another quarterback because that's kind of just what they do. So, but you're right. I mean, this is maybe the prestige franchise in the NFL. With, uh, of course, like you said, the co- the the Super Bowl trophy is named after their coach. Um, they have some of the. I think they won the first Super Bowl. They are kind of the exception to every other rule in the NFL. With their their, they don't really have an owner. They have an ownership group. All the fans own the team. So it's it's almost like it's run like an old time like soccer club more than a more than an NFL like billion dollar franchise. So and they're in Green Bay of all places. You know, every other team in the NFL is at least in a semi major city. They're just in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin, not even in Milwaukee, they're in Green Bay. So they have a lot going for them in terms of their history, but you're right. I mean, the past 30, 40 years have been rough. I mean, it it's it kind of brings up the question like how long does the glow of a Super Bowl last? Right, like that the one the Brett Favre one in the mid '90s. How long did he ride that that wave? And of course, Aaron Rodgers. I think he won in 2011 or 2010. Was it whatever it was? How long does that that glow last? And when you talk about Brett Favre, I mean, aside from everything else, I think he's still remembered as a winner, despite a lot of losing, a lot of choking, and in, in late game situations. I, I think Rodgers. I don't. I want. I don't want to put the losses at, at his feet because I don't think they were. I don't remember him throwing like a backbreaking interception at the end of the game. It seemed like everything just went against him. He had like Colin Kaepernick run for 500 yards against him, and then Raheem Mostert, and then he ran into like the Niners buzzsaw a bunch of times. And then was it last year, or the year before? The you know he had a punt blocked in like a, a snowstorm. <laughs> so it's not his fault. So, but he did win a Super Bowl. So I, I don't know what his legacy ultimately will be in Green Bay. I think it'll be like, you know, it was great that you won a Super Bowl, but we probably should have won at least one or two more. So it's it's not quite failure, but it's like you did good. It'd be like a three out of five. Like you did good, but not great. I mean, he was incredible. Let's not discount that he was – the numbers he put up, the the, the consistency, the – how he like rarely turned the ball over him throwing a pick six was like seeing, I don't know, a a comet or something like it just never happened. You don't get to see those kinds of things. He was incredible there. I just think that when it mattered most, the play calling him kind of being compliant with, it seemed like he didn't have control over the play calling a lot. He kind of uh, deferred to Mike McCarthy and um, what's his name now? LaFleur. So I think, some of that's on him being a little too uh, compliant <laughs> with with coaching. You see like a, a Peyton Manning who kind of just walks around and orchestrates it himself. He was kind of at, if Peyton Manning lost, it was because he lost, not because the coach said you should run the ball here. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's my opinion of it. I think that Packers fans will love him. I certainly appreciated his, his time there. But at the fact of the matter is, Packers fans as a collective will appreciate him and the Brett Favre back to back, but they did a bunch of losing at the end of the day. 
Yeah, I, I think, I mean, maybe I'm being too harsh or maybe I was being too harsh. I, I think we can say probably like some, a fair degree of certainty is like before Patrick Mahomes, Rodgers may have been the most talented quarterback of all time. Yes. Not, not the greatest, obviously that's not a conversation, but maybe the most talented with some of the, the arm angles, the throws he was making, the escapability, all this stuff. And I, I wonder sometimes if he was on, I mean, there's a couple things I wonder about. We should probably do a what ifs, you know, for him. But if he was on a team that played in a dome or a team that played anywhere besides Green Bay, if he was in the NFC South, for example, or the NFC East, what or his West. career would have looked like. Or West. <laughs> definitely the West, yeah. Uh, we did a pod on that, uh, the what ifs in 49ers history. But I also wonder what his career would have looked like if the Packers had an owner, right? Because they stuck with Mike McCarthy for way too long, for <laughs> way too many years yeah. after that Super Bowl. And I wonder if if it was, I mean, even Jim Irsay, if Aaron Rodgers could have been like, yo, Jim, or, you know, Mark, or Shad, or whoever, any of these owners have been like, yo, I hate this guy. <laughs> Get this coach out of here. Go hire somebody that knows what he's doing that can call an offensive game plan and let me cook. I think he they probably fire him and they probably move on earlier from from Mike McCarthy than they did. So I think he he benefited, of course, from playing in the on that team where you know they have the prestige, they have all that stuff. And he he was able to be insulated from any media coverage because it's the Packers. I mean, obviously they're a prestige franchise, but it's not like they have a big media market and things like that. So he wasn't getting roasted the way some of these guys that played for the Jets or the Giants or whoever would get roasted, but he also suffered from the fact that he played there, right? Yes. We could go on for Aaron Rodgers for days. Um, Maybe we should. Let's talk, let's talk probably... about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's, let's move on to the next team in this category, the New York Giants. And you know, the New York Giants, compared to some of the other teams on this list in the last 35 years or so, have won a few Super Bowls. Um, They've had segments of magic. They had Bill Parcells in the 90s. In the last 15 years or so, they won a couple with Eli Manning. You know, throughout their history, though, I would say why they're on this particular part of the list is being an, a New York franchise is a different kind of entitled misery where you're the biggest market in the country. Yeah, there's kind of a default to complain regardless of how good you are. Uh, they, they'll have those notches over Tom Brady, but being in New York and the kind of bad that they are when they aren't in the playoffs is is sewage bad. It's feces when they they don't make the playoffs. They're bottom five, bottom 10, and then they do dumb shit like draft Saquon Barkley at number two when they, could, they need, needed a quarterback. They drafted a quarterback that went to Duke. We don't even know if he's good yet. So there's they make a ton of mistakes, too. Uh, and they're trying to right the ship as from from recent uh, their recent decision making because there are high expectations every year being in New York and you can't have everyone in New York be bad someone's got to figure it out uh, but a lot of their glory days for the most part are set in, in in two different decades a little bit of Parcells a little bit of Eli Manning but for the most part it's it's pretty rough yeah and I mean the past five years or so maybe longer since, I mean, before last season they made the playoffs, but I think they were on an insane playoff drought for a few years. 
they were not not just a playoff drop, but they were probably like the one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of win percentage for a long time. And I, I almost wanted to put them in the next category, which we'll talk about, uh, because I don't think there's much sympathy for them. But I think among most NFL fans, I think they appreciate the Giants for taking those two Super Bowls away from, from Tom Brady. I think that's a big deal. But there has been plenty of suffering in between, right? There was, you know, the the early 2000s after the, the Kerry Collins Super Bowl. They were awful for a long time. I mean, so... Yeah, it's it's hard to, to categorize them completely. I think they fit in a couple different ones, but it has been a lot of boomer bust. I want to say I'm going to double check this, but I want to say in Eli's career, I think they made the playoffs. Let's see, like three times, maybe four times. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, right. He made the super, he made the playoffs six times. They lost in the wild card, lost in the wild card, won the Super Bowl. Lost in the divisional round after you know getting a bye, so basically their first playoff game, won the Super Bowl, and then went on a four year drought, and then lost in the wild card. So it was boomer bust. They were either, you know, getting embarrassed. I remember the uh, what was it the uh, the yacht game where they were on, you know, those <laughs> receivers were on a yacht wearing Timberlands for some reason, and then they go out and get embarrassed by probably I think it was the Packers, the Packers. Um, didn't. Yeah, so there's just there's always drama around this team, even though they're one of the more like buttoned up franchises. Like they don't have cheerleaders, they don't have a mascot. Like they're they're very conservative. They're almost like the Yankees with the tradition. Oh, we don't have our names on the back of the jerseys. We don't allow facial hair, kind of thing. But they operate like that, or they they want to operate like that. But that, that that's their perception. But it's definitely not the reality. There's been a lot of suckage. They were one of the teams. This is an interesting stat. I don't know how related this is to their ownership, but I think they were the last team in NFL history to start a black quarterback. And that was like four years ago <laughs> with Geno Smith as their – so I don't late know. Late to the party. <laughs> Just late to the party. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say that. I mean, the, their owner has not been the most progressive Um in general, I don't know how much that's impacted their on-the-field success because obviously they've been good. They've won a couple Super Bowls in this millennium. But, yeah, it's just another, like, notch against them in the uh, maybe, like, teams to root against. But, yeah, I don't know anybody outside of Dallas or Philly that, like, hates the Giants. Well, Washington, too. But, yeah, they're not, like, a hated team in general, you know? Definitely not like the yeah, Cowboys. And it's, and it's just because there's a lack of consistency. I think that's what it is. There's these, like... Moments of glory, and I'm sure there's plenty of franchises that would love to trade places with them. But I'd, like you said, they kind of sit in the middle of this category and the next one where there's success and no one feels sorry for them. Uh, but it's just weird because of the... the. For me, I think I'm upgrading them because of the New York part of it. I think that if they were in New York, they'd probably be in the next category. But there is a there is something about... New York that puts them just a, just there. Like we got to be better. We're New York for, for Christ's sake. For sure. For sure. So that's the end of the, uh, remember the good old days category. The next category, <laughs> the member bear shout out South park. Uh, the next category is rub some dirt on it. You'll be fine. So these <laughs> are NFL fan bases or franchises that have plenty to complain about. 
had a lot of things go wrong for them, you know, in recent history, whether it's a playoff disappointment, whether it's a lack of playoff success, whether whatever it might be, we know you have a lot to complain about, but nobody is taking your complaints seriously, but for different reasons. So all your complaints and whining is falling on deaf ears. So who do you got here as the first team in this category? Yeah, first up is the New Orleans Saints. Um, they're up here because they had the same quarterback for like 20 years. He threw for 50,000 yards. He threw for a billion touchdowns. They just had uh, – uh, he was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. Just a ton of success. They won one Super Bowl. But during that time, they were in the the, the championship hunt every single season. There wasn't a season where they weren't. Um, and then for for a franchise that's not in a big market, I think that they're they're in a good place. Um, I don't know. Where, I think right now, long term, it seems like they'll be fine. They'll 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 finally have their first couple of years of a lull, which is really rare. They're kind of like flirting with Packers territory if they could find another good quarterback and and be competitors again. But you know, Saints fans. You had a great run. I'd love to have Drew Brees for 20 years. He'll be fine. Rump some dirt on it. Exactly. Uh, I'm insulted that you're talking about good quarterbacks and looking for a good quarterback. They just signed my guy, Derek Carr, to a, a three-year <laughs> I deal. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Top top 15, not 15. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, shout out Coos and Seabass. Top 10, top 12, top 13, depending on the week. Uh, yeah, it's... It's funny how quickly, I mean, I don't want to say quickly, but growing up, they were the Aints. We talked about this in the last podcast. They were a perennial loser. They were they had really nothing going for them aside from, you know, the the fun fans and the the people were dressing up at games and you know, their colors are cool. The the black and gold is always nice. It looks, you know, it's aesthetically pleasing. But it, it's yeah, it's remarkable how much or how quickly this team as a, their reputation was turned around by Drew Brees, by Sean Payton. But you, you wonder, you know, is this similar to Aaron Rodgers where the success was nice, the Super Bowl was amazing. The fact that they also beat Peyton Manning in that Super Bowl was, you know, an, an added layer of, of, you know, to the, to the success factor, the cool factor to it. But I wonder, you know, if you're a Saints fan, are you looking at Drew Brees' career and being like, damn, like we – it was awesome, you know, amazing regular season success, whatever, 50,000 yards, one of the most prolific quarterbacks ever. But are you wondering, like, if we left some meat on the bone? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Considering how close they got so many times, uh, whether it was Tom Brady one year, San Francisco a couple of times, like they've had some some really good opportunities. Atlanta, like they've gotten really, really close. Um, but I think, you know, when you're bad for that long, it's almost like, you know, you ask like the Cleveland Cavaliers fans, right? Just for, to go off the board a little bit is they went for years and decades and decades of just being a terrible, terrible team, but they got the one championship and you'll be fine forever. I think for Saints fans, it's like, look, we were the Aints, but we got the one. We had the top 10, whatever you want to call Drew Brees, legendary quarterback. We'll always be good forever because of that so i think that there's some of that too where you're content as a football fan in a sport where it's really hard to win the championship um that you'll definitely feel 
feel fine. And that's why you'll rub some dirt on it because you reach the mountaintop in a sport where only maybe half the teams have reached the mountaintop. Plenty haven't. <laughs> yeah. And they'll always be able to rub that in Falcons fans faces. That's their big rival. I think they just probably their best chance was 2019. And then they had that egregious non pass interference call against the Rams where the Rams ended up going to the Super Bowl and getting embarrassed by the Patriots. So yeah, we've I think we've been robbed a couple times of of Drew Brees uh, in the Super Bowl and the, them getting a better chance. Was it like the catch two with uh, what was his name Vernon Davis against them? Just they've had some really remarkable, <laughs> re, you know, dramatic playoff losses. Yeah, I see fist pumping. Um, but yeah, I think I guess if you take a step back, you got a first ballot Hall of Famer. You got one Super Bowl out of it. You know, unfortunately, Sean Payton had to leave because of Bounty Gate and all the other stuff. But yeah, I, I think in general, you're you're probably happy with with what's going on. That's why, again, people don't really care if you're complaining if you suck for the next five years. Hopefully, they won't because I got my guy Derek Carr. But yeah, no one will care. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of teams that no one feels sorry for, and they'll pretty much always be able to rub dirt on it because they just keep finding ways to be good is the Denver Broncos. So Denver Broncos, plenty of success with John Elway through the 80s and 90s. Uh, they've won a couple of Super Bowls with, with Mike Shanahan at the helm. They found glory again with Peyton Manning. You know, any Like any team, they go through, through lulls, but they always manage to find themselves somehow in the hunt every so often. Every team should, by the way. Like for that, to be clear, if you're bad for X amount of time, you should somehow find your way back in being competitive. That's the idea, at least. That's why there's another side of this bracket with a bunch of miserable franchises. But the Broncos aren't really one of those. I would say they have a little, when Elway became GM, a little bit of Chicago Bears in them, where they just haven't been able to draft a good quarterback. Uh, John Elway's assessment of a quarterback seems to be you have to be a Sasquatch at 6'7" like your Paxton Lynch's and uh, uh, what was that guy that looks like a, he looks like a, a star. Yeah. Brock Osweiler, <laughs> uh, Tom, something I'm thinking of another guy. Uh, that's the, uh, Mike Gleason. Like these guys that are just whatever. These like oh, Mike Glennon. Glennon. Sorry. These like ta- long <laughs> quarterback types, uh, you know, maybe pick someone that isn't um, at risk of having knee pain because they're too tall. I don't know, but, what, what do you say? No one's ever going to feel sorry for them, for sure. <laughs> they they get John, they have the John Elway years. Maybe people felt sorry for Elway for a long time because he couldn't win the big one until he went back to back when at the end of his career. They kind of fall ass backwards into Peyton Manning, who decides to to sign with them after you know his neck injury. But since then, it's it's really it's crazy, honestly, that a guy who is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, just can't evaluate a quarterback to save his life. They've had some awful picks. They picked Tim Tebow in the first round. They have Paxton <laughs> Lynch, who you mentioned, who's not even in the league anymore. Brock Osweiler, uh, Drew Locke was their most recent uh, Drew draft. Locke. Yeah, they trade the farm for Russell Wilson, you know, two years past his prime. We'll see if he if Sean Payton can rescue him as a, uh, as a decent NFL quarterback, but it's just been it's been really remarkable that they are just completely unable to have someone like even like semi competent back there because they've had some incredible defenses. They've kind of become known for that 
since the Von Miller days. I mean, that, that, that was how they won their Super Bowl. But since then, they've had some top 10, top five defenses, and they can draft the hell out of defensive line and defensive linemen and edge rushers, but they just cannot find a quarterback to save their lives. But yeah, no one's going to care. Uh, you heard you said Sean Payton. Do you mean Kevin James? <laughs> yes, sure. Kevin James, star of the Netflix show. I don't even remember what it was called. I never watched it. I'm glad I didn't watch it. Uh, but yes, Kevin James slash Sean Payton is going to rescue or resuscitate uh, Russell Wilson's career. But again, no one's going to care regardless of what happens. Yes, you won a Super Bowl. So shh. All right. Next up here, this one's a little bit different in terms of the logic on why rub some John on it, you'll be fine. Houston Texans, not because they've been good. It's because literally, guys, like, listen, literally, like, I sound like I'm from Miami now. Literally, like, no one cares about your team at all. Like, at all. Sorry, not sorry. It just never been good. And... It, 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 it's not even about the torture. You haven't had anything to be disappointed about. There isn't any history, really, except for, you know, Deshaun Watson. And I think everyone would prefer to forget about that altogether. So, like, rub some dirt on it. You'll be fine because we don't care. Sorry. Not sorry. Yeah, maybe using the word rub with the Texans is probably not a great idea. Ayo. But- <laughs> Yeah, no one cares. I mean, they've been around for 20 years or so. Um, and I, I don't want to say they're in the nothing but torture category because they've had some moments, but they're just, they're so generic. Their name is generic. Their colors are generic. Their logo looks like one of those Madden created team logos. There's just no creativity. They, you know, they, the, probably the best thing they had going for them until we found out the the, un, the dark you know underbelly of it was Deshaun Watson. He was a really cool quarterback. He was mobile. He was exciting. He was fun. And then you realize that they've been enabling some predatory behavior on his behalf for a few years, and you're just like, okay, now I definitely don't give a shit about this team, regardless of what you complain about. So, yeah, they're they're second fiddle in their own state. I just. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> it's that simple. And because no one cares, we're going to move on. Yes, um, please. <laughs> uh, I forgot about the naming part. That's funny. The Texans, like, really, no thought came into that at all. We're the, the, we're the Texans because we're in Texas. It's really just the laziest shit ever. All right. Carolina Panthers, rub some dirt on it because despite plenty of success, some of you sound like a bunch of babies. You've had Derek Carr, Derek Carr, David Carr, um, David he was Carr, on the not David Carr. He's on the Texans. They had David Carr, didn't they? Have David Carr? No, their didn't first they? quarterback was wow, I'm blanking on it. Um, I feel like if I played the Immaculate Grid, I would get David Carr right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. He was man. Why can't I remember this? Who was Little the Jake DeLome. Kerry Collins. I Kerry think Collins, Collins was their first quarterback. Yeah, Kerry Collins, Jake DeLome. They had a Super Bowl. Fair, fair enough. Poor David Carr. I never think of David Carr. I think of quarterbacks that had no offensive line and got totally abused. But anyway, Jake DeLome, Super Bowl, two Super Bowl appearances. They had one with Cam Newton as well. Overall, I mean, not terrible. Expectations aren't high. They're not a super old franchise. They're kind of borderline in this category. We'll have to see how they recover. They kind of blew it up a little. Baker Mayfield's their quarterback. We don't really know what's going to happen. 
But ultimately, look, Panthers fans, talk to the Browns. You haven't been around for that long, and you it's been pretty good. You'll be fine. Rub some dirt on it. Yeah, and they have they have hope. I mean, they drafted Bryce Young. They had well last year they had Baker Mayfield, which was a, a brutal experience. They had a combination of Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and uh, the XFL MVP PJ Walker as their quarterback trio. So, and they still almost made the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I, they I definitely don't see anyone feeling bad for them. Like I said, they had two Super Bowl appearances. They've had one of the coolest quarterbacks in this era with Cam Newton, who was like I said an MVP. They've had some cool players, Steve Smith, uh, some of the other guys. I'm like blanking on Thomas Davis, Julius Peppers, uh, Peanut Tillman played there for years. So they've had some really fun players. They have a, a nice color scheme that they stole from the Raiders with the silver and black with a little bit of teal or blue, whatever you want to call it. But they definitely stole the silver helmets from the Raiders. So they got a lot of things going for them. And they've had success. And even if they never win a Super Bowl, I don't think anyone's ever going to feel sorry for them. Because, again, it's like, eh, you've been a team for like 30 years. Like, you know, you'll be fine. <laughs> it's no big deal. Yeah, we'll be fine. They did have Josh Norman, who was delightful for two years. Josh Norman had such a high peak. You were better off throwing the ball at the ground than throwing in his direction for that season they went to the Super Bowl. And he was such a character. He was out there, like, on the field yelling quotes from the dark night. He was just an incredible character while he played um but ultimately yeah. sorry i was going to say they've had they've had a lot of really cool really iconic players on defense and offense so yeah i don't think you know anyone's going to feel sorry for him. and steve smith please don't hurt me um so anyway you'll be fine titans or titans that's who's next tease <laughs> panthers titans so titans rub some dirt on it because you know you're kind of the houston texans of this category you know, no one cares. You were the Oilers. You're Warren Moon, all that. You're fine, okay? Like, you've been in the mix lately. You've been pretty aggressive and trying to stay competitive. You have a great running back. Uh, don't seem to be good at picking quarterbacks uh, for the most part. You're kind of flirting with Chicago Bears territory again. We just don't believe you, though. But, hey, good for you. Yeah, they inherited Steve McNair from Houston. So, you know, they that was their probably definitely their best quarterback uh, other than Warren Moon probably. But yeah, they they've had some issues with that, but they've yeah, they've been in the mix. They're they're a fun team. They have an identity. They're, you know, all about the run game and the, a great defense. They have probably a top 5 coach now in Mike Vrabel who could take a bunch of 8th graders and at least, you know, win 6 games in the NFL or whatever. So, I think they have a lot going for them aside from location. I mean, it's Tennessee. It's like, okay. I mean, I think more, more people probably care about the university of Tennessee than, than anything else. But yeah, I, I just, they're kind of an afterthought in the NFL. It's like, Oh, you guys are good. You're in the mix, but you no one's really taking you that seriously as a contender. And as an afterthought, we're going to move on from them too. Uh, <laughs> so Pittsburgh Steelers to absolutely rub as much dirt on it as you want, really. Uh, it's, it'll only be a matter of time before you find yourself competing for a championship again, like probably in the next two, three years. It's a great organization. They've done a ton of winning. They have a lot of history to fall back on. They, can, they are uh, very consistent at finding great players throughout their years, uh, whether it was you know the, the 
the what was it the the iron curtain what were they called the steel curtain whatever steel curtain, yeah. steel yep, curtain. Steel curtain. Iron Curtain is probably a Soviet reference. Steel Curtain, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, you know, Franco Harris, Terry Bradshaw, et cetera, Jerome Bettis, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, TJ Watt. Now, like they, they are, a, it's a good organization that finds a lot of really, really good players. So I think you'll be fine. Rub some dirt on it, Pittsburgh. Yeah, they, I mean, they won two Super Bowls in the Roethlisberger era. Maybe they thought we could have had more, but they just kept running into Tom Brady. So not really their fault. Um, here's a fun fact. Since 19, let's see, 1970, can you tell me how many times they finished last in their division? Just take a guess. Once or never. Yes, once. 1988. <laughs> so, you know, they finished four four out of six when, you know, the NFL is all screwy and fourth out of uh, – thir- three out of five – but yeah, they have not finished last in their division since 1988. I am 35 years old. I was born in 1988. So that was the last year. It's been 35 years since they finished last in their division. So there's a level of consistency, maybe not excellence, you know, because you can't always be great, but there's a level of consistency in at least being, you know, average, above average, maybe a little mediocre sometimes, but they've never been bad enough where they truly bottom out. And I think it's, it's a testament to their ownership assessment to the organization, to the identity of the team. You know, they don't run through coaches like, like most of these franchises, even when they're struggling to find a quarterback, they still stick with, with their coaches. And yeah, they're one of the prestige franchises that people, I don't think people hate them like the Cowboys. Maybe they should. I know Raiders fans hate the Steelers. I know they have plenty of rivals, but there's maybe less arrogance than the Steelers or than the Cowboys, despite the same level of success. Maybe it's like the 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 blue collar supposed mentality of Pittsburgh, even though it's all yuppies now. So maybe like that identity stuck with them. It's not like the glitz and glamour of of the oil boom town that Dallas was in the seventies, and I think that's just stuck with them. But I, I consider putting them in the next category. But I know they haven't won in a, in maybe it was like ten fifteen years now. So. Yeah, maybe they should be in the next category, but I think it they it, it works okay to be in the rub some dirt on it because no one really hates them aside from their direct rivals, but no one's ever going to feel sorry for them. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they're kind of not in the next category, just because um, <laughs> just because it's it's been a little while. But the next one, there's a a bit of recency bias, but also we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, next up on Run Some Dirt on it, and this is more so just a matter of circumstance now, but the Seattle Seahawks. Um, rub some dirt on it, guys. You've won a Super Bowl in, within the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. You had another Super Bowl appearance. Team drafts really well. Super passionate fan base. Um, life is good as a Seahawks fan. Like they, 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 they are in a good spot. They have ownership willing to spend money. And, you know, rub some dirt on it. You had a great... Great run with the Legion of Boom, um, iconic team, and it seems like with uh, this Geno Smith era they got going on, they have still managed to be competitive. They have a great coach, and until that runs its course, they'll be an exciting team to watch. Yeah, they, they suffered maybe the most brutal loss in Super Bowl history with oh. the, you know, <laughs> the Malcolm Butler interception, but... I don't think anyone, I mean, everyone, 
for the most part, I think was, was more upset with them than, you know, felt sorry for them. Cause they're like, just hand the damn ball to, to Marshawn Lynch and win this game. But yeah, they've had plenty of success. The Russell Wilson, Legion of Boom era, whatever you want to call it. And even now when they were supposed to suck, when I think a lot of people, myself included, thought they were going to win, you know, anywhere between three to five games, they end up making the wild card and they have the Geno Smith era. Just that phrase itself is just hilarious to think about because I don't think anybody would have ever imagined that there would be a Geno Smith era for any team, but it just goes to show you that they, they draft. Well, like you said, they always find these, these stars, defensive stars in the draft and they have a guy and Pete Carroll that was probably like unfairly maligned as a coach. I think people saw him as kind of a, a motivational guru more than an actual like good head coach. And, you know, it's all about, oh, let Russ cook and you're holding Russ back. And then we find out that, you know, maybe Pete Carroll had more to do with their success than we gave him credit for. So they have a lot going for them. Cool city, great fans, debatable jerseys. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of the neon green, but I do like their uh, gray ones and their blue jerseys. So, and they have amazing throwbacks. They're coming back with those, uh, you know, mid nineties, Sean Alexander, um, you know, Brian Bosworth colors. So yeah, a lot going for this team, and I don't think anyone is ever going to feel sorry for them. And I hate them. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> NFC West, baby. What's the next category? Yeah, so that's it for that category. The next one is shut the hell up. No one wants to hear it. Another self-explanatory one. You may roll your eyes when you hear anyone from these fan bases complain, uh, but basically – we're tired. Don't don't ever complain. Please, just keep it to yourself. If you have a negative thought about your team, just keep it to yourself because no one wants to hear it. So who you got here? We're going to start off with uh, a team that's seen a lot of success lately. Shut the hell up, Kansas City Chiefs. Really great players have come and gone through Kansas City. You had uh, Joe Montana come through and got your hopes up for a little bit. Tony Gonzalez, Priest Holmes, Jamal Charles, Alex Smith. Really competitive years with Alex Smith. Um, he he kind of left San Francisco a little early, but we were kind of done with him. Uh, but congratulations. You're in the title mix for the next 15 years with the most talented quarterback of all time with an opportunity to become one of the most storied franchises in all of sports. Patrick Mahomes, that's all she wrote. Kansas City Chiefs, congratulations. Shut up, too. You could Yeah, you could have just said Patrick Mahomes and the story. This pains me so much as as a Raiders fan <laughs> growing up. You know, we sucked, obviously, but the Chiefs sucked too. And it was kind of comforting that they were, they until they hired Andy Reid, they were one of the worst teams in the league. And it it's hard for me to say this, but they the, the Steph Curry, Pat Mahomes parallels are hard to ignore because the Chiefs are just like the Warriors. They're one of the original, you know, AFL teams. They won a Super Bowl or a title very early on in uh, in history. I think they won Super Bowl three, was it? Something like that. During the Hank Stram era, just like the Warriors, they won a title in the 70s. And then they were basically irrelevant for 40 years. They had not won a playoff game in that span. So not only were they bad, they were really bad. I don't. I think Joe Montana was the only – actually, they won one playoff game. I'm sorry, with Joe Montana. So basically a throwaway quarterback from another team. They couldn't even draft their own quarterback. 
Alex Smith era, they couldn't win a playoff game with him. They had some incredibly embarrassing losses with him to Marcus Mariota, and they had they let the Colts come back from like 30 points down. And basically, they really were the Warriors. They were kind of a joke of a team, joke of a franchise, but they had a, some ancient history to hold on to. And then they draft this generational superstar that changes everything, that redefines how quarterbacks are evaluated, how the game is being played. You know, Steph Curry changed the geometry of the the basketball court, and Pat Mahomes is doing the same thing to how the quarterback position is, is evaluated. And now any, you know, quarterback with a little bit of uh, – what's the word a little zest to him a little swagger to him that you know can throw on the run it's like automatically being compared to pat mahomes yeah jordan love you know who's playing in nevada or wherever he was playing utah state they're like oh he's got a little mahomes to him now caleb williams probably the top prospect in the next draft like oh you know he he's got a little mahomes to him it's like no there mahomes is one of one steph curry is one of one and yeah no one will ever care about the chiefs complaining about anything so just yeah be quiet <laughs> basically shut up yeah it's it, patrick mahomes changed football to the point where w- people are trying to stop big plays like the, the, the their only hope is we're gonna not let this guy throw the ball down it's it's an amazing position to be in as a fan base it really is shut up um all right next up here philadelphia eagles fans shut the hell up you just won a super bowl not too long ago at all that's cured all of your heartache through the years uh, it's an organization that is so good at drafting. They're so good at making moves. They're, they know how to put themselves in a good position to compete. Um, so I think that right now, Eagles fans are in, are, are in a position, if Jalen Hurts works out, to be in that, like, I don't know, Mahomes territory, but you're looking at, like, the Saints and some of these other teams that have competed for 10-plus years. Shut the hell up. You are in a great position. And it's crazy to think that, you know, before 2018, they were in the nothing but torture category because it's been a lot of years of, of suffering, even when they won, you know, through, and they went to the NFC Championship game three years in a row with the Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb era. There's just a lot of suffering. They've had a lot of great players, a lot of, you know, iconic players, but they just have not been able to get over the hump. And then what that one Super Bowl changes everything. And all of a sudden they go from being, you know, known for losing to, like you said, they're one of the best. I mean, they're probably one of the best run franchises in the NFL. They draft better than anybody else. They have maybe the best GM in the NFL who's constantly fleecing people and they, you know, find this quarterback. They they somehow survive the Carson Wentz era, win a Super Bowl during the Carson Wentz era, and then he goes on to ruin all these other teams. And then they kind of just like I don't want to say they, they fall ass backwards into Jalen Hurts, but it just goes to show you they're smarter than everybody else. They still had Carson Wentz, and they're like, you know what? We're going to draft this Jalen Hurts kid, and he's going to become, you know, within a few years, the best quarterback in the NFC. So, yeah, I, I don't want to hear anything about it. Don't want to hear Seabass, especially you, complaining <laughs> about the Eagles or anything that they're doing. Just, let, just ride the Super Bowl wave uh, for a very long time. And it's fitting we put them here because they almost beat Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. They were like really, really close. And they're probably in the mix again next year. And it's going to be really tough to beat them because they're just such an overwhelming team. All right. Next up here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like not a super like old franchise, but they've found themselves in some amazing situations several times. 
And, you know, the, the consolation for kind of being bad a lot has been running into uh, John Gruden inheriting Tony Dungy's team and winning a Super Bowl with a great defense and a running back and, and a fullback, just like a really high-powered team that was unstoppable that season. Uh, and then they get Tom Brady and they win another championship and then they almost win another championship. So I feel like uh, with Tampa, just shut up. Like you're, <laughs> no, no one wants to hear it about you. You look at so many other cities that are going to be like, hey, just shut up. At least you won a Super Bowl or two. We haven't, you know, looking back at like the Browns or the Bills, we haven't seen the playoffs in 15 years, et cetera. So I, this is coming from not from us or from me because my team is next on this list. Uh, but a lot of other franchises that are going to be like, I don't want to hear it, Tampa Bay. You, things have been good for you. Yeah, the Tom Brady happening to choose them, I think, changes everything. They probably would have been in the, I don't remember the good old days category, or maybe even the uh, nothing but torture aside from the one Super Bowl, because they've been bad aside from that. But you get the GOAT in his last great year. You win a Super Bowl. You beat Patrick Mahomes you know, the next goat. So at least I want to say five to 10 years, maybe 10 years. I just don't want to hear anything <laughs> from you guys. Just you're fine. You'll, you'll suffer through Baker Mayfield this year through Kyle Trask or whoever else you're going to start at quarterback, but, but you'll be fine. Speaking of another franchise, that'll be fine. My San Francisco 49ers, uh, storied franchise team of the eighties history of good quarterbacks, Thwarted by by Brett Favre a few times uh, in the in the 90s, uh, but you know in the last 13 years or so have had many chances to win another title. I mean, we're coming up short, but Niner fans, I know that, that there's a lot of entitlement to that. But if Kyle Shanahan can fix the pass protection scheme, just don't let the quarterback get clubbed uh, because we're running the quarterbacks in the 2023 playoffs. <laughs> uh, that that will will go a long way. There hasn't been a team as as competitive as the Niners. Maybe a couple of teams, but for the Niners, have been one of the most competitive teams in football over the last decade. So, shh, we're gonna be fine. It's okay. It's okay. So, the disclaimer is: I am probably one of the biggest Niners haters that you know, and <laughs> even I will admit that the way you guys have lost has been. Ex- ex- exceedingly painful I think if you lost you know in a normal way when like oh, if you got blown out in the Super Bowl or whatever be like okay that's fine you know it is what it is maybe we didn't belong but you lose in Baltimore to Baltimore on that crazy goal line sequence where you seem like you just kept throwing the ball to uh, uh, Michael Crabtree in Michael the corner Crabtree, goddamn. shut up <laughs> shut up <Kyle. laughs> Emmanuel Sanders and Jimmy G not making that connection you know, the um, – who else? The uh, – um, what's his name? Richard Sherman tipping the ball to uh, K.J. Wright. And then I think the last one where you just ran out of quarterbacks just – yeah, it's uh, – I'm sure it's been rough. But, again, you will get no sympathy from me. I can understand, like, yeah, that, that must have sucked. Even even last last year, even I felt bad for you guys. I'm like, if you – I wanted you to lose, but I didn't want to – I didn't want you to lose with Josh Johnson – and Christian McCaffrey playing quarterback for you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want to see that. <laughs> so I do feel kind of bad for you. But I also, when I look back, I'm like, no, why should I feel bad? You guys have been great. You haven't been quite good enough to win a Super Bowl, but 
after, you know, the, was it the 10, 15 years of the early Alex Smith and a little bit before him, you know, after Steve Young, like you guys were awful, but since then you guys have been great. So I, you'll get no sympathy from me and no sympathy from, I think any other fan base in the NFL. Yeah, I, I totally understood. And uh, definitely will laugh at you and all of your misery uh, at the same time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that like the Niners have done a good job of drafting and, uh, they're not afraid to to go for it, go for broke. I don't know if they did the right thing, the Trey Lance thing, uh, but they haven't been shy at, at taking risks, which is more than a lot of other franchises can say. So I think that I don't think that trend will change for the most part. They they definitely go for it. They like every again, like we said, every team goes to their lulls. Uh, the Niners fi- find a way back every so every I don't know six years if they go without something, they'll find their way back in the mix. Hashtag Quest for Six. Yes, quest for. I don't think it's happening this year. Just uh, <laughs> I don't even know who's playing quarterback, but <laughs> quest for six. Um, all right, L.A. Rams. This one's interesting because they've kind of moved around a bit. Like they're a bit of a nomadic football team. I think a question for everyone at this point is: Do they have fans? I'm not sure if they have fans. Um, I, I'm not certain in California. St. Louis was really sad to see them go. They came to a town that didn't have a football team. It's a huge market, could definitely have used a football team. They won a Super Bowl. You know, they they won a Super Bowl in St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, look, they could have found themselves somewhere else on this list, uh, but they keep giving away draft picks. So, I don't know. Maybe in 10 years we'll change our minds and put them in a different category if we decide to redo this. Uh, But considering that they've been really unafraid to spend and really, really go for it. No one wants to hear it, LA Rams. You, you, you did the right thing when went for broke, but now no one gives a shit. I, I think LA, I mean, despite not having a football team, I think LA, I think it's still a Raiders town. I want to say a lot of Chargers fans from San Diego may have moved over to the Rams side of things because the Rams won a Super Bowl and they have the excuse of, you know, the, well, the, the Chargers left us. So maybe they have fans. They don't have as many, I think, as they would hope. Because every, when, when I watch the Niners-Rams game in SoFi, it's like, it's, I don't know, 60% red, 70% red maybe, depending on the on the week and how bad the, the Rams are. Even that playoff game, I think it would, even that, maybe 50-50, I don't know. But yeah, they're definitely they don't have the most passionate fan base. They don't have the biggest fan base. They used to in St. Louis. You know, they were one of the the premier team in that area because the Chiefs were bad for a long time. So I think a lot of people don't really care that much. That's one of the downsides of playing in the LA media market is that people in LA don't really care. It's a lot of transplants. So there it's more of a Dodgers Lakers town than anything else. So yeah, it's and they've had success too. If they were bad, like you said, you know, in five, ten years, if they're still awful because they can't recover from, you know, the draft picks they gave away, then sure, maybe. But they've won a Super Bowl in recent history. They've made the Super Bowl recently, so no sympathy from from any of us, I think. Correct. As soon as they got rid of Jeff Fisher, things were just all uphill from there. They were uh, kind of flirting with eight and eight every year. He's the king of eight and eight, and <laughs> seven and nine, baby. That's his seven life story. Seven and nine. <laughs> uh last on this list and and with all you forgot sincerity. you forgot one you forgot one baltimore ah uh, yes over. excuse me i skipped over baltimore sorry uh i think you mentioned the super bowl i was going to come back to him and then i, I just saw red <laughs> um <laughs> the ptsd kicked in 
Yeah, yeah. They haven't been around for that long, uh, but they've managed to win two titles and and they've been close a couple of times. It's really a great organization. I think they're who the Chicago Bears at this point kind of want to be, right? Like they managed to put together great defenses and they found a couple of quarterbacks that have been able to put it together. Trent, say all you want about Trent Dilfer. He made it happen, even with that great defense. Um, and it, uh, what freaking uh, Flacco had a majestic run in the postseason. Unbelievable. Just ridiculous. Uh, but, I mean, kudos to him for, for catching lightning in a bottle. And Lamar Jackson is freaking stud. Like, this is a great, a great, great franchise. And uh, Baltimore Ravens fans, you got it really, really good. And, uh, you know, shut up. No one wants to hear it. Yeah, they've got a lot going for them. Cool colors. Uh, a iconic quarterback right now, an M- MVP-level quarterback. Some of the most iconic defensive players in NFL history. One of the best defenses in NFL history. No one's ever going to forget you know, the 2000 Ravens. So yeah, no sympathy. I mean, maybe a little bit because a lot of people like Lamar. So they're rooting for him and they're hoping that he does one day get over the hump because I think, you know, he's being held up as, you know, maybe he's being put on a pedestal, but maybe he's being expected to do more than, you know, is fair. Maybe because he's supposed to be the standard bearer for mobile quarterbacks or whatever it might be. Um, So I think a lot of people are rooting for them, which I think is is cool. A lot of people outside of Baltimore just kind of tangentially rooting for them and rooting for Lamar to win. So despite the, you know, lack of success, whatever you want to call it, lack of like real success, real playoff success, they still have a great organization, a great head coach, a great quarterback. So even if they never win a Super Bowl in the Lamar era, I think people will be like, you know, I wish they won one, you know, during the, during his his tenure, but I don't think anyone's ever going to be shedding any tears over uh, the the Ravens and their lack of success. Completely agreed. I hate them, um, but good for them. <laughs> uh, next up on this list, we did save the best for last: the New England Patriots. And it's kind of funny if the New England Patriots like. We, we've done a couple of like what if podcasts where we look at, you know, what are the top like, oh man, if this happened, what could have happened? And we used um, the Patriots Reddit page just to see what kind of ideas we can pull together. It was a bunch of silly shit. It was like, oh man, what if we didn't win the Super Bowl for 20 straight years? Just shut the hell up. Like never complain ever again. You'll be spoiled forever. You're America's team. Not the Cowboys, it's the Patriots. Really just a, a legendary franchise now, given their complete dynastic dominance. In a sport where it's really, really hard to be a dynasty, they only needed two people, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Anyone else you put in that team, it wouldn't have freaking mattered. They were going to win in a lot of games. They can. I will never, ever, ever, ever take their complaint seriously. It doesn't matter if they don't win a Super Bowl for another 50 years. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I never want to hear it. Uh, so after the uh, Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl a few years back, I went to the gym the next day, and one of the front desk guys or trainers, whatever, um, he's from the New England area. He's a Patriots fan. He's a young guy, maybe 22, 23. And I was you know, checking in on him. I was like, yo, how do you feel, man? Like That was pretty rough, You know, rough way to lose the game. And he's like, man, he's like, he's like I was crying. I was so upset. I couldn't believe we lost. And I just, 
I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, are you serious, bro? <laughs> like you're you've won five Super Bowls in your lifetime. I mean, sure, you're you're 20, so you probably don't remember the early ones, but in your adult, teenage, whatever life, you've won three Super Bowls and you're crying. <laughs> you lost to the Eagles. So that I think that really typifies and it exemplifies Boston fans. Cause sure you've been suffering for a long time as Patriots and Red Sox fans and even Celtics fans, they've been you know, irrelevant for a long time besides that one title, but it's like, you're so spoiled. Like, how are you serious? You're going to look me in the face and tell me that you cried after losing, you know, the one Super Bowl out of 20 that you've been in, in the past, you know, 20 <laughs> years. So I had no sympathy for him. I have no sympathy for any of you Boston fans. Whenever I hear Bill Simmons complain about Mac Jones or, Matt Patricia or any of that, I just I, I I roll my my eyes roll so far in the back of my head. It's just like I can't believe you're complaining about this now. You have no right. You have no right to do this. Yeah, like no one wants to hear it. <laughs> it's a it's a very rare territory to own, especially right now. Sure, in the past there's been a lot of heartache, but no one wants to hear about your ghosts. No one wants to hear about your heartache. Good for you. I mean, hey. The Patriots we, will, yeah. are, are cemented. They're goaded. What else can we say? Yeah, we can only imagine or dream to have you know half of the success that that they've had since the year two thousand. So this is the least tortured franchise on this list. I think <laughs> at this point, this, this this whole podcast is about the most. This this team in particular is power rank number thirty two or whatever of most tortured franchises. I would put like as, them as like 37, 38. You'd probably put some other teams that don't exist anymore. <laughs> just put like, like Saints, Tottenham in here. Just put like, <laughs> just no, throw put in like the, the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, the St. Louis Rams, the Baltimore Colts, the uh, <laughs> Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Raiders. Throw in, yeah, teams that just don't exist anymore. Throw them in there before the Patriots. Put, so you put the Cleveland Browns in like twice. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <The> Oilers. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I think this would be fun to redo. I mean, maybe we don't do the whole thing again next year, but we should see if anybody moves categories. I think some of the candidates or you know, maybe the Texans, if, if CJ Stroud is good or Bryce Young or some of these other guys, I think it would be fun to, to redo. Uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun for us. I hope you know you could tell how much fun we were having at the expense of a lot of these teams or, you know, kind of wallowing in our own misery not you sam at least me uh <laughs> so we hope you guys enjoyed that thank you guys for checking us out make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast make sure you follow us on all the major social media platforms and definitely make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel we're doing some cool stuff there doing some really cool stuff on tiktok as well at 4040 vision pod thanks Sam. thanks everybody thanks everyone <laughs>